every year when I was in high school, my program, the lab school, would go on field trips to see plays at my mother's theater. Whenever we would see a one-man show, the kids would groan and complain for a bevy of reasons. However, one of the most common was that the actor didn't have to do much work in order to tell the story. This idea of actors not working hard is a common one amongst the uninitiated. It's easy to understand why someone would think this way. The best actors seem to simply show up and be great. But the fact is that acting is an extremely difficult profession. Connor O'Farrell is a perfect example of someone who has succeeded despite the difficulties facing any actor. Not only has he been able to portray a wide range of characters on stage and screen, but he has put in the work necessary to never have to make his living any other way but acting, which is something most actors, especially here in LA, dream of. But you figure it out by doing it. You, you don't learn how to make furniture by just reading a book making furniture. You go out in the garage and you start making furniture. And your first chair you make or your table you make, you may totally fuck it up. But you, go, but you learn something when you fucked it up. This week on Life of Cahill, Game of Silence star Conor O'Farrell talks about the effort that goes into being a working actor and the importance of not allowing your success to define your happiness. As he asks himself, how did I get here? All right, today on the podcast, we have Connor O'Farrell. Thank you so much for coming on, Connor. Uh, you're welcome. It's good to talk with you, Andy. So, Connor has. Uh, I've had the honor of knowing Connor for my entire life. He is a, is a great family friend and a fantastic actor who has been in more productions than I am possibly capable of naming. Um, he is credited on IMDb with over 90 different credits. So, thank you for coming on. Um, so, Connor, where did you start acting and, and what inspired uh, the decision to, to get into this business? Well, you know, it's, uh, well, it's actually kind of funny because I, I actually, I, I really fell into it. Um, you know, I was mainly a jock in high school and wanted to play professional sports. And some, and some of my friends that I grew up with ended up having really good career in pro professional sports. Um, but, you know, that didn't work out for me. So, you know, I went to college and, it, you know, and, and I had no direction in my life whatsoever. And then I had a friend, a roommate, who uh, came home one night and was studying acting and asked me to read this scene with him. And I'd never done this before, so I read it. And, you know, and then he, he said, well, you should come to this workshop. And I, I was, you know, because I had no direction, I was just always kind of saying yes to things. You know, I just, mm -hmm. okay, sure, I'll go to that. And then I did. The, I went to that, and then they asked me if I wanted to do a play, and I went, sure, I've never done it before, and I did a play. And then I just kind of kept saying yes to it. And then at a certain point, some people opened up an acting studio in L.A. that were from New York, from HB Studio, and a friend of mine knew the people that opened and said, yeah, you should take an acting class. And I said, I, I just kept going, sure, okay. And then I did that for a while, and then I went to New York, and... And so pretty much through my 20s, I just, I did plays. I just would do plays anywhere, all over the place. And I went to New York and studied with Uta Hagen at HB, and who kind of wrote one of the definitive books on acting. And 
Um, but I just, I, I was kind of footloose and fancy free. I wasn't married. I didn't have any kids. I, I, um, I you know, I, I didn't really have a vision as far as making a living. I was just really enjoying doing plays and would kind of go where the work was. And, um, you know, I went to Europe and did a production of, of Zoo Story for about six months. And so I was just kind of kicking around. And then when I hit about 30, I came back from Europe doing this play and I kind of thought, you know, I'm getting to be 30 years old. I should either seriously try to do something with this as a career or I should get out and try to find a career. And uh, at that time, I was dating, you know, Lori mm -hmm. uh, O'Brien and, and I was living in New York. She was living in L.A. And so I moved that back out to L.A., which I grew up in L.A. Um, and I just kind of started, uh, uh, putting myself out there and one thing kind of led to another and I'm still surprised. I'm now 60 years old. So I've been doing it for 30 years. I'm always amazed when I get a job and I'm, I'm still just incredibly surprised that the whole thing worked out because <laughs> I didn't really have a master plan. Like it seems like you have a master plan. I didn't have a master plan. I just well, kept showing up. I mean, ultimately, you know, having plans is nice, but when you find something that you're good at and you enjoy doing and you just keep doing it, that's that's the dream. I mean, that's yeah, I yeah. wish I wish I could say that I stumbled into into podcasting or filmmaking, but yeah. uh not not the case. Um and certainly not something that uh although I hope it allows me to have a career in this you know not something that i have a career in right now yeah. but um so so you know you basically what i'm so you were in college what were you studying there uh you know i studied photography for a couple of years and then i spent so much time in the in the dark room i went you know what i'm gonna hate this <laughs> you know i would go on vacations and go i don't want to take a camera i'm either shooting pictures or i'm developing them so I did that for two years, and then I went back to college when I was living in Denver, and I studied English literature, another great occupation that makes it very difficult to ever make a living at. Yes. Um, and not, then, as many, not as many baristas 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, English literature makes you an interesting dinner guest, and that's about it. But, um, but it's like in Denver, I met your mother, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and I had dropped out of the theater theater for a while because I thought, you know, I got to, I got to find, I got to get a college degree and I didn't have one. And, uh, and, and it was through the play that I did, the first play I did with your, with your mom, which again, somebody said, you should go audition for this play. And I said, why the hell not? Which was Buried Child, the Sam Shepard play. And I didn't, and I wasn't acting for about a year and a half. And I went and auditioned and I didn't get it. And there was a part of me that went, you see, you know, this is why I'm out of this thing. I, you know, I'm just tired of this stuff. And uh, I went about my business and four months later, your mom called me, four or five months later. And, and she, she was directing Buried Child. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, look, I remember you from that audition and I'm doing this play for the Colorado Playwrights Festival and I'd love you to audition. So I went down and auditioned for that and I got the lead in the play and it ended up being a big hit it was kind of the big hit of the playwrights festival and and then i you know i won some awards you know for that play and all of a sudden i'm back in it again 
right in Denver and and so you know in college and I left college I didn't finish mm-hmm. you know, I got back into the acting thing and so there there was a part of me for that year and a half that I stopped doing it or a couple years um you know, there was a part of me that I would go to a movie or I would go to a play and I would see, you know, some really good work, you know, good storytelling. And it would depress me afterwards because there was a time that, you know, ultimately I think actors are storytellers and I'm certainly that. I'm, I'm highly verbal mm-hmm. and, and I, I see the world as stories, you know, just less, even lessons, you know, it's, it, you know, in religious terms, they would say parables or whatever. Right. It is. But I just, my, my mind thinks story-wise. And so I would go to movies and I'd see great stories and it would depress me because I thought, I'm never going to do that. And, um, and so I got back into it again. And, and then I left Denver and went back to New York. And, uh, and so, yeah, the college thing, I never really studied theater in college. So, so you've been, you know, you didn't study it in, in college, and now thirty years later, you, you know, you make a living as an actor. Um, a lot of your your credits are, are mostly on television. Um, right. So, has even even at this point, I mean, has it hit you that you make a living being on TV? At- yeah, I mean, it has for a long time. Okay. Um, but, but I'm still kind of, it's still kind of a mystery to me. I, I, I still sometimes pinch myself and go, you know, I've had a really great life. I've never had a nine to five job in my life. And I'm uh, jealous. <laughs> and, you know, and, and when I was a struggling actor, you know, I attended bar. I did I did different things like that. But I've never sat behind a desk in my life. And and actually a few years ago, um, you know, because actors you know, once people start, people think I just want to make a living at it. And then when they start making a living at it, they go, well, I'd like to have more uh, choices in my career. And so they want to become more famous. And then they want to do better films. So they want to do better TV shows. Mm -hmm. And I, guys that I started out with, I saw a lot of those guys um, move up. They were much more ambitious than I was. Like when I did Earth to the Moon for HBO, mm-hmm. Brian Cranston was on the show. And Brian's career at that point, my career, were pretty much at the same place. Mm-hmm. And then you just see Brian Cranston over the years. You know, he's become a big star. He's become Brian Cranston. He's become Brian Cranston. And I've always been a character actor where people will, will recognize my face. They'll go, oh, you're that guy from so-and-so. But you know, I'm not a I'm not a starver anyway. I'm not a big recognizable name, although I've I've kicked around for a lot of years. And there were a couple of years ago that I felt somewhat resentful that, you know, why wasn't my career bigger when I saw all these friends who were getting bigger opportunities? Um, and then I had to stop for a minute and go, well, you know, what did I really want when I started this? And what I really wanted was to be able to make my living doing nothing but this, which I've done for 25 years. Um, and when my, when I had kids, to have a lot of time to be with my kids when they were young, mm-hmm. which is exactly what I got. You know, if I worked four or five months out of the year, I had a very good year financially. Mm-hmm. That left me seven months to coach soccer and be at home with my kids. 
And at that point, I realized I don't know. I have nothing to complain about. Right. I got exactly what I set out and wanted. So ultimately, would you say that it's fair, you know, for for any aspiring actor to really take that time and and ask themselves, you know, what is what is your goal? Because some people want to be Walter White, and others want to say i'm an actor i only act i don't have to have a office job i don't have to you know be a a waiter you know and and that that's not necessarily that's enough you know because that may may seem like it's um settling for lack of a better term but it is um it, it it it'll it you can find your happiness through ways that is not being a superstar like ryan cranston is well, no, you're absolutely right, and and you know every actor goes in and would love to become a movie star and be able to choose the scripts that they do and be very picky about the projects that they do and have a lot of input and all of that. But you know that's a very, 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 very small number of actors, working actors, that are able to do that. The majority of of of, of actors that make their living as an actor are character actors. And sometimes they piecemeal it together. They'll do commercials, they'll do industrials, they'll do theatrical, they'll do plays. Whatever they can kind of piecemeal together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I've always been a character actor. I go from show to show for the most part. I did recurring on a lot of shows and, 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 and I would, you know, do guest spots here and there and do, all, you know, over the years just a lot of different things. Actors that I knew that were on a series for years uh, friends of mine sometimes would go, I really envy you. And I, I envy them because they have a regular paycheck. Mm-hmm. Every time I, a job was over, I didn't know when my next job was going to come. Right. And the fact that they had that, you know, that paycheck every week, I envied them. But they said, well, we, I envy you because I've been playing the same role on a show for 10 years. And I go, and he goes, you go from show to show playing different characters all the time. So it's much more interesting. Right. So, you know, that's what, what ultimately, again, the, the actor's dilemma is between, you know, what you really love to do. And as a character actor, you like to play a lot of different characters at the table. So it's, it's to put it in extremely simplistic, probably overly simplistic terms, it's fake it until you make it, and then you realize you've made it long before you thought you did. Because ultimately... Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, from, you know, while I was listening, that's what kept coming to mind. I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know if I should be here, but I'm not going to let anyone else know that I think that I'm just going to come and I'm going to do my job. And if, you know, if this legend of film, you know, stage and screen says, what the hell is this person doing here? Then so be it. But I don't think that's going to happen, or at least I can't let anyone think that I think that's going to happen. Well, yeah, and that's but but that's the way it is with any job. Any job, you know, your first day on the job, you know, you you're 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 trying to get a lay of the land, and so keeping your eyes open and not being you know not being a bullshitter of saying, oh, I know how to do what I don't know how to do. But to be able to go, oh, I didn't realize that. Could you show me how to do that? I think people are really willing to teach you that. There's mm-hmm. a lot to learn. And I, for me, most of what I've learned about anything in life 
It's just putting myself into situations and then keeping my eyes open and figuring it out. And But you figure it out by doing it. You, you don't learn how to make furniture by just reading a book making furniture. You go out in the garage and you start making furniture. And your first chair you make or your table you make, you may totally fuck it up. But you, go, but you learn something when you fucked it up. Right. So the next one you do, you don't make that same mistake again, you know? Yeah. And, and so it's the same thing. You got to get out in the garage and start working. So it really comes back down to this philosophy that you had since the very beginning of this, of your acting career, which is I'm going to say yes, I'm going to put myself in situations and I'm going to be able to learn from those situations. That's right. Uh, you know, so, so would you say that, you know, I, I know that today there's this, um, there's a, a trend, I would say, of, you know, content creation. That's a big, you know, hot term. You yeah. know, it has been for the last five, ten years. You know, everyone wants to be a content creator. So if you want to be an actor, you can't just wait for the roles to come to you. You have to make the roles for yourself. Um, so do you think that, you know, as someone who works in this industry and has worked in this industry for, you know, an extended period of time, do you feel that that method of, you know, I'm going to make something myself is, you know, has merit, first of all, and second of all, do you think that it's better than, you know, kind of going out to auditions and getting into other people's work? Look, I think you can do both. And I think in any way, being proactive for whatever it is you're doing in your life is always good. Um, starting out in Hollywood with, I, th I think, I have a niece that's, an actress who's, you know, trying to get her start in L.A. Um, it's a different world than it was when I started. Um, because you didn't have the Internet, you didn't have digital. If you made a movie, you had to shoot on film. If you made your own film, which, can, which all of a sudden becomes much more expensive. Um, and so, it, you know, the, the ability to make that content was very rare for a lot of actors. Now anybody can make a film. Mm -hmm. There is no cost prohibitiveness to making a film now, you know. And and film festivals I've been to, I see that everybody everybody is making movies, and and a lot of them look really good. Mm -hmm. Telling an interesting story is a whole other animal. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's great that people are doing, you know. Again, I never really had to do it, you know, and. At this point, I'm a little lazy, you know. <laughs> and and like I said, I've never been a highly ambitious person. Um, and so I admire I admire ambitious people. It's just not as much in it. I I just you know, like I said, I just kept showing up, and I think I'm pretty good at my job, and and I have a good work ethic, you know. And but it, that would that would apply to anything. But no, I encourage people, whatever you got to take to find a way. And, and what's very funny is that, you know, they used to have these books and they still have them, How to Break Into Hollywood. These people would write these books. And the truth is, um, there is no single way. There is no, this is how you do it. Everybody has to find their way. Right. Everybody has to figure out how you're, you're going to do it. 
in your own way, you know. But the one thing that I do think is a commonality, and I think it's true with filmmakers, I think it's true with writers, it's true with actors, it's the same work ethic to anything else that you do. Um, and, you know, my father was a working class guy, went through the Depression, you know, and ever since I was a little kid, my father drilled into me, you know. You, you know, if you have to be at work at 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock means 8.45, you know. I'm, I'm a stickler for punctuation. I show up on time. Um, I'm prepared. Usually when I'm shooting stuff, I get it in one or two takes. Mm-hmm. And doing it in one or two takes, I'm saving, you know, in television, which is very much more fast-paced in the shooting than film is, mm-hmm. that's saving a lot of money for producers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I come prepared. And I see myself more as I'm there to solve your problems. I'm not a problem creator. Right. You know, for the most part. I often tell actors, I go, if you're going to be an asshole and really cause problems, you better be really, really talented. I said, therefore, I'm a highly cooperative person. (laughs) And, And I think there is a basic work ethic, you know, that, and I meet a lot of actors that do not have it. And they'll have a career for a very short time. Uh, but then you never see them again. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood is a very small town. Mm-hmm. And when you get a reputation for, again, being professional, being prepared, being on time, uh, you know, being pleasant to work with, you know, and you do good work, the word gets around. If you're a pain in the ass, you show up, you're not prepared, you're not particularly good at it, blah, blah, blah. The word gets around. Mm-hmm. And so uh, people don't realize sometimes how much your reputation really plays. You know, I mean, I worked on CSI for three years as a reoccurring. I would do four or five a year for three years. Mm-hmm. And they liked me on CSI. So I walk into a room for Game of Silence and there's Carol Mendelson, who was the executive producer on CSI for 15 years. I have a feather in my cap. Because I, you know, she knows my work. I've worked with her, and you know, those, you know, those things of walking into a room and there's someone you've worked with before. You want that to play in your advantage, right? It might not get I you the job, advantage. but it, but it will help you. You know, it helps that they know who you are and they know that they want to work with someone like you. And they can, de- that's right. And that they can depend on you, and that you do good work. And um, but that, that's the way it is with any job you know, is, is there's a certain work ethic to it. And, uh, and it's really important, though, in jobs where, again, it's like between all the plays that I've done and, and the film and television I've done, I've probably done close to 200 jobs in my life. Mm-hmm. And you go, not many people can say they had 200 jobs in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're going from job to job to job. And... So part of the part of the career is not just working, but also having the ability to drum up work. And if you start building a reputation, it's a lot easier drumming up work than it is if you built a bad reputation. So what else goes into um, you, you know drumming up that work? I mean, when I got out to Los Angeles, one of the things that I tried to do was I tried to work on set a lot as a production right. assistant. Um, 
because obviously that's a really good way to meet people. But it drumming up the work is very difficult because there's so many people out here who are willing to do those jobs. And um, for an actor, obviously, it's a little bit different. You're going to an audition. There's a role that's right. there, and you you know, you you earn that role. Whereas with for a production assistant, it's much more luck based than anything else. But um, you know, what kind of things can an actor do to drum up those roles? Is it just go to auditions, go to auditions, go to auditions, or well, is there more uh, to it well, than that? I mean, I did. You know, auditioning is a different skill set than actually doing a play or doing a film, a performance. Mm-hmm. You know, an audition is there's a whole different technique to audition. Um, so going to auditions, going to auditions are going to make you a better audition. But you also have to do the things that make you a better actor. And so you can produce a play. You can get friends together. You can put a play on. You can make a film together. There are those things you can do now that you have access to. Mm-hmm. Actors always had access to uh to put on plays. They may not be putting the play on off-Broadway or on Broadway, but they could always find a space. And when I first started, I, I, I started with a theater company that was affiliated with the Episcopal Church. And we would go from the Episcopal to church, to different Episcopal churches around the state of California and do plays. Mm-hmm. And there was a group out of San Diego called Lamb's Theater and we would run into them, and they were kind of a traveling troupe, and they were doing street theater. They would set up a stage, you know, on a walking street and start performing. So uh, all of these experiences prepare you for those things when, when you come into that audition and you you really have to give them something mm-hmm. to... to uh, you know, to win the job over to the other actors that are auditioning. And so the more time you're on a stage, the more time you're in front of a camera, the more comfortable you are. The more comfortable you are, the more relaxed you are. The more relaxed you are, the more your work and everything you need is going to come through you. So I just always, it's like with musicians. You go, get on a stage, get on a stage, get on a stage. And these guys who toured for years, you watch them. You know, you watch Dylan and Willie Nelson and these guys who just toured and played. You know, these guys are comfortable in front of audiences and, and they're relaxed and they're great performers. But you, but that's the work you have to do. So it all, it all goes back to that work ethic and it's practice makes perfect. I mean, it's all cliche, but it's cliche because it works. Because it works. They, you know, they have that saying that says, you know, that to become a genius, and it, it takes 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. You might be a really, you might be a, have a gift for playing the guitar to be, but become a real virtuoso to become a real good player. They say it takes you 10,000 hours of practice. You know? Yeah, absolutely. To perfect what it is you're doing. And, and I knew a lot when I was in New York in particular, I knew a lot of actors in acting classes. You, in every acting class, you had like three or four people in the class who really kind of stood out. And I knew people who were really talented. Mm-hmm. I never saw them in anything ever again. Mainly because they were comfortable in acting class, but 
going out and knocking on doors and trying to hustle an agent, which is boring to creative people, mm -hmm. um, or going to auditions were so nerve wracking to them. They didn't go to auditions or they didn't go and, and knock on doors. That's the business end of it. And, and the only way you get good at auditioning is auditioning and auditioning. The only way you get good at performing is to perform, perform, perform. It, 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 you know, Lita Hagen used to say, the word to act means to do. Doesn't mean to feel. The acting is actually a verb. And the verb says, do something. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, is, uh, that is exactly the kind of thing that I think a lot of people don't realize, especially when it comes to acting, when it comes to any sort of creative field, if you're not doing it, regardless of the level that you're doing it at, right. you will never become successful at it. Oh, yeah. When I first started, I, I answered, you know, I was in L.A. and I, I, I used to audition for plays all the time, wherever they were. And there was a play in, the, in it used to be drama log back then. You look for, for, you know, audition notices for play. And they were doing this play. I think they were doing Shenandoah or something like that. And it had an address and I showed up. And at that time I was like 21 years old. And uh, I showed up in a suburban neighborhood, knocked on a door and this woman answered the door. And I said, I'm here to audition for the play. They go, oh, my son's out in the garage. It was like a 17 year old kid who was putting on a play. Did you do it? No. <laughs> it, I, I think he was like putting it on the backyard or something. But I still did the audition. Mm -hmm. I mean, I drove there. I still auditioned for it. And, you know, I mean, I didn't want to do a play in, you know, in a garage. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, I did do plays in a lot of small theaters. I did them in Denver, you know, for, for a long time. And, and in New York, when, you know, we did plays in small theaters and I done it in L.A. and. And it's just, again, it, this is how you get good at what you do, you know? Absolutely. And, um, and so you got to do it. it you know? And actors are notoriously lazy people. They just really are. <laughs> I mean, that's my experience. I'm not saying that there aren't really hardworking actors. There are. Mm -hmm. But I think as a class of people, you know, I think there's a lot of kind of laziness. I work on shows you know, for years where you would work with the regular. And a lot of times this is in with younger, you know, people that have really, they're really good looking uh, and they're on a show. And the basic minimum is to learn your lines. Mm -hmm. And they're making, you know, a fair amount of money. And we would do scenes. They hadn't memorized their lines. So on... Their coverage, we're doing seven or eight takes. Mm -hmm. well, and on your coverage, we're doing one or two. One or two. And, and, um, and don't think that the producers don't know that. They know that. And the directors, you know. And so, um, you know, I've just seen a lot of that kind of laziness with it. But there's also a lot of actors who are very professional, very prepared, that are hard workers. But those are usually the actors that have long careers. Right. Because it's a profession. And they're professional. Mm -hmm. All right. 
Uh, well, Connor, thank you so much for joining me today on Life of Cahill. It's been so much fun talking to you, catching up, and uh, and and you know talking about the the you know the work, the real work that goes into uh, to these professions. I think a lot of people, um, you know, it, it may not be what they imagine acting to be, right? But uh, that's as you said, the reason that they might not have the career that they want. So, so thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. I wish you the best, Andy. And like I said, you know, um, let's stay in touch. And, and, uh, if you ever want to, uh, uh, get away for a weekend, you know where I live. Sounds good. But don't tell everybody else. <laughs> I promise. I won't. <laughs> Art is work. Pollock may not be your cup of tea, but what he did took time to master and a hell of a lot of effort to make. The same with acting. Brando in The Godfather didn't just happen. A very talented, hardworking individual made choices, practiced, and worked to make that character stick in the minds of any and all who have seen the film. I want to wholly thank Connor, who has been a friend to my family since before I was born, for coming on the show and reminding all of us the work that goes into being successful no matter how you define it. Do you have thoughts on acting, success, or hard work? Let us know by leaving a comment down below. Make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Life of Cahill. And as always, our music is provided by www.bensound.com. This is Andy Cahill signing off and reminding you to keep enjoying life. Thank you.